Hello, Habit Mechanics. We're going to talk about stress. As ever, if you've got any questions that pop up about the things you're working on or anything else that comes up in the session, just let us know and we'll come back to you. But I'm going to hand over to my colleague and friend, Andrew Whitelam, to introduce what we'll be speaking about. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, great to be with you again. Um, yeah, it's exciting because this is um, the start, the first of a new series of podcasts from us, which uh, will be throughout this month. And they're going to focus on the subject, as you say, of stress, stress awareness, stress reduction. What is stress? How does it affect us? Why does it occur? Managing stress. And also, we're going to talk about a new solution you have for people which can help them destroy their stress in just three days. Um, already, they can find information about that if they go to the Tougher Minds website, tougherminds.co.uk. They'll see information about that uh, at the top of the page. So I, I know you've released that there, which is really helpful. Um, yeah, they can watch a free mini masterclass called How uh, Three Secrets to Destroying Your Stress in as little as two minutes per day. Yeah, so um, we've already have that. We already have that available for people. And in these podcasts, we're going to uh, explain more about that. As I say, talk about stress uh, in a lot more detail as well. So, John, um, I know in previous podcasts you you've explained how stress occurs. Um, you may want to do that again as we get begin the, the, this first one, looking ahead to uh, the full month of episodes, but. What effect is stress having on us as people? What does it do actually to our brains when it occurs? Yeah, well, the basic physiology is that when you get stressed, something in your brain called, called your HPA axis, which is... Um, acronomic lingo if that's a word um in medical terms for it's the hypoth hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis this gets activated and it releases hormones and related uh neurotransmitters the most common hormones people are aware of are cortisol and adrenaline neuroadrenaline etc and that gets your brain primed into what we call a fight, flight, or freeze state. So every area of your brain is taken over by these survival centers. We call those sites in the brain the ape brain, the alive perceived energy brain. Um, they're actually called the limbic regions. There are some special sites in there really connected into this, like the amygdala, uh, which is like a walnut-sized part of your um, inner brain that's responsible for threat detection. So that's what that's what happens when your brain gets flooded with these um, hormones, neurotransmitters, that are designed to get you into a defensive mode. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of summary of what goes on. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's um, extremely alarming when you when you drill down into the consequences of that that brain phys physiology, um, if you like, that you've just given us. Um, I mean, the reality is, as, as you've said before, I know, John, that 
this this is what happens inside our brains when we experience stress is literally killing us um in the short term regrettably and also in the long term it leads to degenerative diseases um and, and some physical diseases as well it's it's having a huge negative impact on many people's lives yeah i think sometimes people think what we're saying is hyperbole if that's the right word but every day now you pick up a newspaper you'll see this is absolutely real you know it's real i, I saw a story on uh last friday it was the front page of the times headline is dementia cases to double by 2040 driven by poor lifestyles we've we've talked about data from the brookings institute in the us recent mental health data in the in the us 58 million people uh, adults in the us have a mental health diagnosis we've seen data from the um nhs uh, published over the summer projecting that in the next 15 years that um an additional 39% of the workforce will have diagnosis um, of long-term illnesses, which include, as like a top five, anxiety and depression alongside cancer. But these things are all interconnected. So if you've got anxiety and depression, there's going to be higher chances of you developing other diseases like cancer, for example, dementia, um, We've seen right now in the UK, the, the most recent set of data we have, which I would bet my mortgage on is much worse than this right now as we speak, is that there are two and a half million people signed off on the sick in the UK. That's, um, remember in the UK, we only have, we are, our population is only about 70 million. So if you're a US listener, I think your population is about 400 million. Um, so, that's a seismic number of people for the UK. It's a record number of people being signed off on the sick. The cost to the economy in the last 12 months alone of this is an extra 20 billion that taxpayers are, are having to pay. But what's really interesting is that one and a half million of those people, either their primary or secondary reason for being signed off on the sick is anxiety and depression. We've never seen this before. We've never seen anything like it before. And it's not getting better. And the thing that worries me is that we have more provision for what we might call mental health support than ever before. So the logical analysis when you've got a, a problem that keeps getting bigger and an area that has more provision than ever and reports that people say, well, I, mean, I saw a TV show called Gone Fishing, which is a very popular BBC TV uh, show hosted by two comedians. And they they have men's health as a, as a theme in that, and they often interview experts. And there was a guy who'd set up a fishing charity where you can actually get prescription now from the NHS to go spend time in this charity. They just take people fishing. He's saying, I've had all the medicine, I've had all the therapy, I've had all the mental health support nothing was a patch on me just going fishing doesn't sound right to me that that's telling us that the mental health support isn't it's really well intended and i feel you know bad even saying this but it's really well intended but it clearly doesn't work does it, it doesn't work and i know why it doesn't work because it doesn't move people past knowing what they need to do um 
we can know what we need to do all day long in order to think more effectively and manage stress more effectively. But that doesn't change our behavior. More people are educated than ever before in the Western world about what it's a good idea to be doing in order to live a good lifestyle. Yet that the data that was released um, this time last week shows that the rates of dementia are doubling because people are not living a good lifestyle. So there's something really wrong here. We've got um, more and more people being diagnosed and struggling, yet more and more provision to help them that isn't working. So there has to be a different way. There has to be a different approach. Otherwise, we're not going to solve the problem. And I genuinely believe we can solve the problem, um, but we've got to take a different approach to it. Yeah, um, of course, as you say, so many of these initiatives have the very, very best of intentions behind them uh, and, and sometimes a great deal of resource too. things like the mental first mental health first aiders we hear about in the workplace. Um, in, in Again, in a workplace context, some um, organizations and employees you'll hear about will uh, create leisure areas almost or, or play areas, even, you know, ping pong tables. Uh, nice refreshments, things to try to look after their employees' well-being holistically, but but um, it certainly um, doesn't tackle stress and, and much more besides. So, and I think you're right to 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 raise the point and keep keep campaigning about it, as it were. Um, and and you have a mission, if you like, um, because people will have seen the Habit Mechanic University, and of course, your best-selling book, The Habit Mechanic. But you want to create certified stress mechanics you want to empower as many people as possible with the tools to deal with their own stress and the stress of friends colleagues and and people they know yeah so for me the uh, stress is so so key in disrupting our health our happiness and our performance are all interconnected ideas because fundamentally if we're overly stressed our brains are not going to work very well because the cortisol gets activated. And what a good a good way to think about our brain, which maybe we'll dig deeper into, it's like a plant if you, in the sense of it's a living thing, right? And it's in your heart, it's encased in the skull, you don't see it. But it's a living biological thing. And when it gets too many of these unhelpful chemicals flooded into it for too long, it stops working properly. It's like poisonous to the fundamental physiology of how your brain functions. So what we've seen time and again is when you equip people with the skills to understand their brain and also to understand how to, in this very specific case, manage their stress, that is the key to actually helping people. So they can take proactive steps every day to de-stress. We can't avoid getting stressed often. But what we can do is be proactive in how we de-stress. So, yeah, we've got a program where we train people. And as part of that training, you become a certified stress mechanic. It's probably the cheapest program we've ever made available. She was trying to make it as cheap, as accessible as possible. But I know that when people learning about those ideas, like all of our stuff, it sounds very simple, but it it basically revolutionizes how they understand themselves and revolutionizes how they're able to i think the best way to think about it is process out the stress and deal with the stress you know i think 
and I speak to a lot of people about this, I work with a lot of people about on this, the main reason why people are not sleeping well is because of stress. The main people why people are not eating well is because of stress. The reason people are not exercising properly is because of stress. Stress is at the heart of all this. Our brain is being bombarded with um, stressors, both from the news and the terrible things that we're seeing every day and that we're being exposed to um, in a much more intense way than we ever were before. You know, people used to sit down and watch the six o'clock news, maybe. Now it's like 24-7, you're being bombarded with these images and these sounds and this distressing stuff that's happening. We've also got these transitions going on in our, in our own lives, um, coming out of the pandemic. Can we afford to pay the mortgage? Are the kids settling back into school? Um, what I call transitions. We've got this constant stream of like hierarchical social information coming at us from um, social media, making us feel bad about ourselves. Because now instead of comparing our life to those in our immediate geographical location, like our little tribe or our little village, this is how we've evolved over hundreds of thousands of years, we're now comparing ourselves to everybody else's lives on the planet. It just all creates stress. So, if people can become stress mechanics, don't worry about becoming a habit mechanic just yet, but the first step is become a stress mechanic. And we've got a, an off-the-shelf program that people can use or they're already using reporting. I, I see it in front of my own eyes because the program we've created is developed on one-to-one -one coaching. And I see that every time I do those exercises, it's like a light bulb goes off in people's brains. Um and they get this instant release, relief of, of the stress that's been bugging them and worrying for the days or even weeks or even months just by doing like a five-minute exercise. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think the starting point to start tackling this is we need to equip people with the skills to become stress mechanics. And we've created a toolkit called the Destroy Your Stress in Three Days Toolkit to show you how to do that. If you want to understand what, what is that toolkit about and why is it different, and also what are the three secrets to actually destroying your stress, just go to the website on the homepage now, just click the button and you can watch the, that five-minute mini masterclass where I unpack what stress is, why what we're currently doing isn't working, and what we need to start to do to actually de-stress at the end of the day at the end of the week to get our brain working well again if you want to fulfill your potential or help other people fulfill their potential so you can feel great and get the rewards and respect you deserve then i want to give you a free physical copy of my new best-selling book because you deserve to know the truth. The most important things for fulfilling your potential are not tips, tricks, hacks, therapy, coaching, meditation, breathwork, goal setting, journaling, or finding your why. I know it sounds irrational because we're so used to hearing about using these things to help us fulfill our potential.
but these approaches are outdated and ineffective and they are based on a big lie. To find out more and get your free physical copy of Dr. John Finn's best-selling book, The Habit Mechanic, go to tougherminds.co.uk. Yeah, that's tougherminds.co.uk. If uh, you're not familiar with the website, I'm sure many of you are. But as John says, uh, go to the website, tougherminds.co.uk, and you will see a button at the top of the page, which enables you to watch that mini masterclass and learn um, those three secrets to destroying your stress in as little as two minutes per day. Um, Yeah, well, what you say about creating uh, more and more stress mechanics um, makes perfect sense john and and um it's great to hear that there's already positive progress with people um embarking on that journey and, and being successful um just you said something about our the way in which we're bombarded with with stress um via the media social media different channels different routes in our lives um just give us an example briefly if you would what might happen then you've spoken about how stress is um created when there's a a difference between what we expect to happen and what happens um when there's a difference um what might happen for instance when we see i don't know a, a new some news about these pretty horrendous violent military conflicts that are um happening in different parts of the world at the moment um what will actually happen inside our heads that will make us stressed Yeah, well, the simplest way to think about it is through our lighthouse brain model, which is the simplest. We have have three core brain models that we teach. They are on a continuum from very simple to this is how it actually happens. But So if we start with the very simple one, which is our lighthouse brain model. So imagine you have a lighthouse in your brain. It's... um, it's whirling, it's on all the time, essentially. There are two characters who live in the lighthouse. One's called Hugh, H-U-E, which stands for Horribly Unhelpful Emotions. The other character's called Wilhelmina Power, or Willpower. Hugh, um, his main job is to operate the beam of light that's emitted from the lighthouse. And its first instinct is to use that light to scan for threats, worries, or problems. Not just stuff that's happening right now. It can be stuff that has happened in the past. It can be stuff that's happened, might happen in the future. Uh, I'll come back in a second and talk about well what 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 makes something a threat or a worry or a problem. Its second instinct is to once there are no threats, worries or problems, its second instinct is to, to engage in um, what we call short-term grat- gratification. So it likes to pay attention to and do things that are easy and give a big reward for not a lot of effort. And the second character, Wilhelmina Power or Willpower, it lives in the the lighthouse's library and it likes to study and learn and focuses on helping you to be at your best. And when you become conscious of a, of a threat or a worry or a problem, it's when Hugh has sent up a message to willpower, say, hey, we've got a problem here. Um, it could be 
that thing that happened two months ago, that shouldn't have happened and I'm still worried about the consequences of it. It could be, we're going to be late for the train. If we're late for the train, that means we might miss the meeting. And if we miss the meeting, that's going to be a disaster because, or it could be, there's been a really loud bang outside. What is it? What's going on? could be any of those things that you but you get this conscious awareness because most of what we're thinking is just subconscious it's a habit but when you become consciously aware of something it's when he was signaled up to willpower and if your brain's working well willpower is going to be able to come down and coach you and uh, help it to deal with the problem and automate some of how it deals with the problem in the future so that it is better able to do it by itself that's what we call building implicit emotional regulation habits. But why is a problem a problem or a threat a threat or a worry or a worry? Very simple. It's because what you expected to happen doesn't happen. You don't expect there to be a loud bang outside. You didn't expect you to be perceived in the way you thought you were being perceived a few months ago when that event happened. You don't expect to be late for a meeting because you pride yourself on being punctual or whatever. So that's all that it is. Um, we could go into more detail on that but for the sake of this it's just the disconnection between what you think should be happening versus what's happening and that's really helpful to understand yeah um it, it is and and um when you put it in those terms i'm sure more and more people can can highlight um sources of stress which in itself is is extremely helpful so so thanks for that john uh, you spoke about the brain living inside us and I, I, I know in the habit mechanic book and and as you just mentioned then the brain is like a battery and and how is that why is that important to understand for us when we're, we're wanting to manage and understand and, and tackle our stress yeah and the, what's called we just go back to what we were talking about the dislocation of meaning systems yeah, I unpack that in lots more details within the, uh, the Destroy Our Stress in Three Days toolkit. Yeah, so we have a few different metaphors for the brain. One is the battery-like brain. And just very simply, if you're stressed, it's like it's the equivalent of the battery being on all, all the time. But just, th just think of it as simple terms as that. If that battery's on all the time, it's going to run down. Um and we obviously break things down into very specific brain states, recharge, medium charge, high charge. So that's one way to think about it. But there, there is a metaphor we've we've used in the past. I've actually got some beautiful slides for this that we created for a keynote that I gave um, that was featured in the Telegraph at the time. And um, it, it's like, you know, your brain is, it is like a plant in metaphorical terms. And the fact that it's a living thing things grow on it things get pruned and that pruning language that we use for horticulture actually we use it for the brain as well we talk about neurons being pruned when we don't use them anymore so we all i think most people understand this idea of the soil that the plant is in has a big impact on the health of the plant you know, as does the weather conditions and the environment that it's in. And essentially, there are optimal conditions for growing a plant and slightly different conditions for growing different plants. But in the same way, there are optimal conditions for your brain to function well in. Now, you can't see what's going on because it's all, it's all encased inside a skull. But one of the things we understand, so if we, if we just get this flood, so the stress response is a natural response 
absolutely natural. Some people say, I don't get stressed. The, if you use the dictionary definition of what our stress is, everybody gets stressed. If you don't get stressed, you're not human. It's just a normal thing to happen. You get a disconnection. You get the fight or flight response, which is the first bit of a quite a complex process. But, which again, I break down in the destroy your stress in three days toolkit. But the th- the problem with the volume of stress that we're experiencing in the modern world is that once the stress response lasts longer than, say, three, five, ten seconds, it starts to become damaging for the brain. And because of the conditions we're living in, some people are in these heightened stress responses, in these heightened what we call activation levels, like literally for 24-hour periods. So you can liken that to the soil becoming acidic for the plant, the atmosphere becoming polluted so the plant can't get the nutrients that it needs. But we can actually see this in a like a microbiological uh, level. So if we want to, the simplest thing you can think about, um, if you want to think about being happy and healthy and high performing, is that, so so we start with a really, really simple way, which is a simple metaphor. Your day is a bit like a barcode. So, but instead of a black and white barcode, think of a blue and red barcode. The blue times in the 24-hour period are times when you're doing and thinking things that are helpful for you. Um, that includes high-quality sleep, managing stress well, sleep, uh, exercising properly, being a great leader, whatever it is, eating properly. The red lines represent times in the day when you're thinking and doing things that are being unhelpful for you, not sleeping not having good quality sleep, not dealing with stress well, not being focused and productive, being a bad leader, being a bad parent because you're in a bad mood, whatever it is. So and each of those lines is ultimately, both the red lines and the blue lines, they're like wires in your brain, essentially. You can think of that because they're like habits. So most of what we think and do is automatic, at least 98%. So you can think of in very simple terms that your brain is made up of wires that are helping you to be at your best or neurons. So that's what I mean when I say wires or wires and neurons that are getting in the way of you being at your best. And what we're trying to do to help habit mechanics become better habit mechanics and be at the best more often is to help them to recognize where those red wires are and where the blue wires are and to get rid of more of the, this is what you need to do to build better habits to get rid of more of the red wires. This is what you need to do to build better habits to build more blue wires. And so being able to um, get rid of wires, in other words, build, we can't just rip out wires from our brain. It doesn't work like that. What we can do is we can build new wires that become the dominant wires, that become the dominant automated thinking and doing automated behavior so in sort of a long way around i'm saying it's really actually it's, it's kind of counterintuitive but it's really essential if we want to be good at managing stress and that's fundamentally connected to learning that we can grow new wires in our brain so that's key because i had this experience and my boss shouted at me 
or I had a fight in an argument and my brain is just activating that set of memories and I can't get rid of them. Um, that's all I can pay attention to. So actually to get rid of them, we need to grow some new wires in our brain, some new neurobiological connections. And in the in the Destroy Your Stress in Three Days toolkit, I show you exactly how to do that because that's how we teach people literally to rewire their brain so they can get better at managing stress, not just today, but into the distant future as well. But so, so where do wires come from? Well, in our brain, we have these sites called the hippocampus or the hippocampi because there's one in each hemisphere. They're the only sites in the human brain that we understand produce new brain cells. And the new brain cell, this is why the plant metaphor is really good, it's like a seed for a new neuron. And what we can see, we can see this like under microscopes. When the conditions of the in the brain are not right, like there's too much cortisol in there, for example, the new brain cells, they won't come out of the hippocampi. They're like, it's almost like they peak and they look and go, I'm not going out there. I don't like those conditions. So these this uh, unhelpful volume of stress that we're experiencing and we don't no one taught us how to process it out properly is basically creating conditions in our brain, which means new brain cells won't come out. And therefore we don't have that raw material to actually grow new neurobiological connections, new new blue wires with in our metaphor here. But equally, um if for example well, if we're not sleeping properly, eating properly, exercising properly, it damages the hippocampi full stop. And uh, there is a very, we talk about this in the Habit Mechanic book, actually, and there is a video clip that I've played probably thousands of times from a, a, a nutrition professor talking to, I think, is it Stephen Nolan? Is that a guy? Oh yes, BBC uh, BBC presenter Stephen Nolan. Who uh, yes, I think the clip I know the clip you're referring to is a um, and a sort of um, extended feature he did about his diet and junk food, etc. Yeah, there's a professor called Felisa Jacket. She's talking about some data, some some research studies showing that like just when males eat junk food for a week, a high intake of junk food in one week, they can see the physiological damage to their hippocampi, they shrink, they get smaller. This is real. And it, we can kind of see this in our muscle biology and our muscle physiology. We can see our muscle getting bigger or smaller. We can feel when a muscle is damaged and there's not the correct blood supply going in there, so it gets a bit sore because the right nutrients are being delivered or being taken away from that area of your body. And when that happens, we stop. And we think about, we go to the physio and we get some deep tissue massage and we do some rehab. Um, and we take a bit of medicine and ibuprofen, but an ibuprofen doesn't solve the problem. It just helps us to go a little bit, to, to deal with the pain a bit better. And that, that's all things like Prozac. But when it comes to stress and not feeling psychologically great, we just don't have the same understanding of how to solve the problem. Ther talk therapy doesn't do it. CBT, I'm sorry to say, doesn't do it. I've been my whole degree, three degrees I did are all based in CBT methodologies. They don't change your behavior. 
They're not designed to change behavior. They're designed to get you to know what to do to change behavior. So we need a different approach. And that is the habit mechanic approach. But what we've done, well, what we're doing with the stress mechanic is we're just going really, really focused on this is how you deal with stress, first of all. And here's a toolkit you can use just over a three-day period that will equip with, with the skills for life to like make a tangible positive impact on how your brain functions. Um, which then once you once your brain's working well, everything else is easy. Yeah. Um I mean, thank you for the way in which you've uh, provided those comparisons, those metaphors, uh, uh, the, the, those descriptions. I think they do help people to understand exactly what's happening. Um, can, I, can I just intervene there? Sorry, Andrew. Sorry yeah, of course. Talk, because there's a really good visual I've seen of this recently. So, Okay. To any Star Wars fans listening, um, oh, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan, but Disney up. Obviously bought well, not obviously, but Disney bought the franchise from George Lucas, and they've started to make other films and TV spin-outs. And in one of the recent spin-outs, I can't remember which one it was, but uh, they actually show they're trying to rehab the some of the people from the Empire, and they have this machine, and it's like it's this, you know, it's like a laser beam into their brain, and it's like it's destroying these uh, the evil bits. <laughs> these wires, these neuro neurobiological connections connected to the memories of the empire. I was thinking, wow, wouldn't it be great if we could, if we had that technology, but you know, you never know which wire in your brain. Some of the wires are double edged. There's lots of good stuff in them. Maybe there's some bad stuff, but also there's some good stuff as well. So unfortunately we don't have that technology. And even if we did, I'm not sure it would work. I think the only way we can do it is manually by using our intellect as human beings and, um, you know, getting above ourselves and, and working to rewire using all the tools. And in this case, the destroy your stress in three days toolkit. That's the word. So it's just interesting that science fiction is trying to get, understand that this is important, but um, like any change that we want to make, um, We've got to put some effort in. We've got to put some deliberate, focused effort into doing it. 